This is The Top, where I interview entrepreneurs who are number one or number two in their industry in terms of revenue or customer base. You'll learn how much revenue they're making, what their marketing funnel looks like, and how many customers they have. I'm now at $20,000 per talk. Five and six million. He is hell-bent on global domination. We just broke our 100,000 unit soul mark. And I'm your host, Nathan Latka. Hello, everybody. This is episode 699. And like every morning, it is a new one for you. Be sure to tune in tomorrow morning when I talk to Connor Gillivan. He has 3 million projects completed. It's kind of like Upwork and Top Talent Freelancer. The big question is, will he beat them? Tune in tomorrow and see his answer. I asked him straight up. Good morning, everybody. My guest this morning is Dan Gamito. He is the product marketing manager and customer success leader based out of Portland, Oregon for a company called uh, ManyChat. Or sorry, he now leads partnerships and BD at ManyChat. Formerly, he led the customer success team at a company called ConvertKit. Dan, are you ready to take us to the top? I am ready. So ManyChat is obviously playing in the automated kind of bot space. Tell us what it does in a sentence and what's your revenue model? How do you make money? Ooh. Sure. I love that question. So uh, a lot of people think we're a bot building service and that's kind of true, but more importantly, we're actually a marketing automation platform for the Facebook messenger platform. So think of something like Infusionsoft, except for messenger instead of email. And our revenue model is SaaS. We're a software as a service company. Yep. So I've used many chat. That's why I wanted to have you on. Um, this space is interesting to me. So here's where I struggled with many chat had nothing to do with technology, had nothing to sure. do with anything. It had to do with emotions Okay. So when I'm going in and using some of these growth tools that you guys have, and I'm basically creating automated conversations with people, Dan, I constantly found, found myself in a battle of asking myself, do I act like this is real me, like a real friend mm -hmm. conversation? Or do I just call out and say, hey, you're talking to a bot, but my conversion numbers will go down if I do that. Mm -hmm. How do you help your customers figure out that emotional question? That's such a good question, and I think a lot of people struggle with it because of the automation side of it and the bot language. Uh, it really think about how people use Messenger. That's how I would tell your audience to think about it. Is think about how human beings use Messenger. They use Messenger to talk to friends and get small snippets of information that are valuable and useful right now. So, however you need to deliver that, and however you would deliver that to a friend, I highly suggest keeping it informal and just being straight and to the point and trying to add value uh, in every sentence. Mm -hmm. That's really the people who are most successful. That's what they're doing. So was I maybe making a mistake in thinking about this, like how I would think about an autoresponder when someone new subscribes to my email list? Yes. I think a lot of people are jumping into messenger from email marketing yep. and they think that the things that are going to work in email are going to work in messenger. And that's just not the case. Messenger is a conversational tool. Uh, email is something that you ignore for two weeks and then get back to. Oh, see, so. <laughs> and that's where I, that's where I struggled, right? Is mm -hmm. what was happening is like, I would say, okay, send this message out on many chat. I, you know, I've had about a hundred subscribers, right? And sure. then I have to figure out what all the potential natural chat responses will be from my users to figure mm -hmm. out what I should say back or many chat lets you basically put in buttons. So I could say like, Hey guys, are you having a good day today? And they can click yes or no. And then I have to figure out, well, if they click yes, what message do I send? And if they click no, what message do I send? And yes. Dan, where I got just lost is I started getting these webs that were so complex, right? Because basically mm -hmm. every every response has two branches and then two, 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 two. And then you have like a, mm -hmm. two to the 10th power, right? You have a thousand messages. How do you how do you tell people to use ManyChat in a simple way? Yeah. 
Wonderful question, Nathan. I think a lot of people get stuck on this one too, because we're kind of tinkerers, especially the people who are jumping on the platform early. We want to like push the limits of the platform. This is what I would challenge you to do. I would challenge you to look at the bottom of your funnel and say, who is it that I need to talk to right now to have that last touch conversation before they buy something from me? And build your entire conversation flow from there. So build the interactions up from the bottom. Start very simple. Your only goal should be to get people to get to the point where they're either ready to have a live chat conversation with you in Messenger or they're not ready yet and you dump them back into a nurture campaign or something. So you don't so. see this as a top of the funnel uh, or, or you don't see this as a top of the funnel thing. You're saying if they go to your website and abandon your cart. Your cart abandonment screen should say, hey, can we, you know, keep you updated? Like if the price ever decreased on this product, do you click here to, you know, subscribe to our, you know, Facebook Messenger bot? See, that kind of thing is really profitable use case. Um, now, this can be a top of funnel a tool as well. So people have never heard of you. You don't have an email list, but you have a Facebook page. You can do this comments to Messenger growth tool that we have, and you can post you know, in anything on your page. And then if they comment on it, they can get a follow-up message in messenger and you can start conversations with people that way. Yeah. There's also really clever ways to acquire people cold with uh, Facebook ads, but um, really where, where messenger shines right now for marketers is at the bottom of the funnel. So, uh, and by the way, guys, coming up in this interview, I'm going to talk about uh, why Dan made the decision to, to leave ConvertKit and Nathan Barry. We had uh, Nathan on and we got all his numbers and it seems like they're on a tear. And I think that lesson is going to be important for you guys listening who are trying to recruit talent from other startups. We're going to get inside of Dan's <laughs> head there. Before we do that, Dan, tell us about the most successful in, in the past two months, the most successful kind of many chat campaign you've seen, like who ran it to the extent that you can share and what were the results? Yeah. Well, we have a we have a partner and a dear friend. His name's Sean, and uh, he runs a company called Soul Space Media. And he uh, his his wife does kind of an information product play. Okay. And um, they have done just incredible things. I would highly recommend actually because I think they would explain it better. But there's a podcast about this. They did a whole like uh, a case study on this. Digital Marketer did one. Oh, um, good. Just okay. look for Sean Patrick Simpson. But if you if you want to link to that or something, I'll but link the gist in the show is, notes. Yeah. Awesome. The gist is that they kind of. Um, started playing with messenger their infusionsoft power users and at some point they were acquiring leads for less than 13 cents so that was something that was really fascinating to me uh to see those numbers another one is ezra i think you've had ezra well, Firestone hold on. Defi- on your- i have had ezra real quick though on sean sean yeah, patrick sure. simpson first what do you mean acquiring leads for 13 cents are you still defining a lead as a new like email lead or a lead as a new many chat facebook bot subscriber a new me- a messenger subscriber and um the, so far the numbers are that a many chat subscriber is worth maybe five times to 10 times more than an email subscriber because so, of comparable open rates and click-through rates open rates click-through rates just engagement overall is uh, much higher. Yeah. Interesting. Um, who, okay. Got it. So for someone just starting out many chat, they go to the website, they sign up, by the way, what's your average price point? Um, well, if you're just starting out and you don't have any subscribers, zero to 500 subscribers is $10. It's okay. extremely affordable. What's your, if you look at your average customer base right now, what's the average customer pay you? Mm, that's an interesting question. That's, that's hard to say. I think we have a lot of people that have less than 2000 subscribers that that's probably a lot of our customer base, but we have some people with, you know, half a million too. So, okay. Uh, how many people are under 2000? Like, are you talking a hundred people or 10,000 people or. Ooh. Um, yeah. So I, I, I'd probably say that that's 70% of the customer base. Uh, these are, this is like back of the napkin kind of thing on my so head. 80, very yeah. much 80, 20 rule, 80% of your yeah. users, less than 2000. Okay. Um, and how many years, when did, when was ManyChat founded? 
So this was founded, um, actually, we've been around for about a year and a half. And um, the, the, the tool started as a, as a messenger, I mean, as a marketing automation platform for Telegram, the Telegram product. But um, Mike saw- What do you mean the Telegram part? product? So Telegram is, uh, is another messenger out there. And it's very popular in um, Eastern Europe and a few other countries. And uh, I think Mike, Mike built something similar on, uh, Mike is the CEO, he built something similar on Telegram, and he very quickly grew it to like 100,000 bots. And it was very obvious that this was something that was going to be interesting in, the, in just the messenger space in general. Mm-hmm. And then Facebook opened up the APIs, and it was just a perfect fit um, just to kind of pivot and jump onto messenger. So it, you said it launched a year and a half ago, and have you guys raised capital or you're bootstrapped? No. So uh, we raised a seed round from 500 startups. And uh, I think uh, a Russian super angel. Okay. And yeah, that's where we're at right now. Right now, our revenue is kind of sustaining us, and we're trying to figure out what's next. What? So how much total have you raised? Um, I think a little bit over a million. I, okay. I Don't quote me on that. I'm not sure. I think it's a little bit over a million, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, I'm looking at other sources, and it, it's it, it, about that same amount. Yeah, so about a million. Yeah. And then, um, uh, good. Okay, so... And again, a year and a half ago. So take us up to, I have a question about who your competitors are. I have a question about when you joined related to why you left ConvertKit. Give us a sense sure. of total size right now. So how many customers do you have paying you? So um, I can't answer that, but I will say that we have a little bit over 40,000 bots using the platform right now. Um, and okay, that includes free yeah. and paid? Yes. And uh, we've doubled, we've almost doubled that we, last quarter. And then we, we've been sustaining about 70% growth every month. Okay, 40k bots. Now, uh, if if you if one user has five bots, do you include five in the 40k number, or you only include it as one? Like, is that is that 40,000 unique bots across unique yes, customers? Sir. Yes. Okay, got it. Cool. So about 40,000 total, like people using you, right? Creating bots. Uh, you know, at least one 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 kind of per person. Uh, you said about 80 percent of your total user base uh, has less than 2,000. Then obviously you have some power folks. A million bucks mm-hmm. raised, launched about a year and a half ago. Now. Going back to when you joined the company, so what? How did that conversation start? Because you were at ConvertKit, and if if my memory's serving me correctly, Nathan Barry and ConvertKit, I think they had just passed four hundred and fifty grand in monthly recurring revenue. You know, he yeah. and Shaw told Nathan to go all in. Andrew Warner then helped helps Nathan out with with you know cash mm-hmm. flow stuff growing. They're basically bootstrapped. Why leave that company? Yeah, so that's a really interesting and tender subject, but I'd love to talk to you about it. This is actually the first time I've ever really talked in public about it. Um, I was Nathan's first hire at ConvertKit. I was his first full-time hire, and he brought me on to do marketing and uh, this new emerging thing which was needed called customer success. And uh, I I jumped in like headfirst and did whatever I could to add value to the company, and it was a really Why? fascinating— Why? Why did you do that? Why did I do that? Um, well, I'd been working on a few little projects, and I'd launched my own software product. It was just a small WordPress plugin with my friend Fred, and um, Brennan Dunn put us out of business with 60 lines of Ruby, and it was just a really interesting uh, experience. But I think that's how Nathan found out about me because I was working with uh, I was working on the Gumroad platform back then. Yep, and they so, laid off a bunch uh, of people, I think, right? About they did two, three years ago. Yeah, yeah, they had they had some tough times, but um, so. I guess what it came down to was this, it was a fascinating opportunity to jump on something. Um, when I saw what he was trying to do, I saw him really he was trying to compete with things like Infusionsoft and MailChimp. Sorry, you're talking ManyChat or or Nathan? Nathan, yeah, Nathan, yeah. Sorry, so so I jumped on board at, with Nathan and um, kind of uh, didn't just do customer success marketing stuff. I was very much kind of like a silent co-founder at that company early on. That's how I kind of feel about it. So you had equity? Um, no, I didn't. But I come that's on, part of the Dan. Issue. What happened there? 
Yeah, it was again. I don't know how much of this I want to discuss because I I respect Nathan and I don't want to get him. I don't want I don't want things to get weird. Assume but, he's assume um, he's assume he's listening right now. That's the best way to have this conversation. Yeah, sure. Um, I think there were talks of that uh, that that was supposed to happen, um, but I think that what ended up what ended up really happening is just it wasn't. I just wasn't a good fit for the company at the time. I. I had my own ideas about how to do customer success. I had my own ideas about what what we needed to prioritize. Um, at that time, we had kind of a really complex churn problem, and I saw where that was going, and it was really important to me to try Dan, to get you to mean the- com- I hate to cut you off. You mean complex, though. Like when he came on my show, he said churn, I think, was around 8% per month. So you're churning almost 90% of your total user base every year. Yeah, that was – yeah, I guess that's maybe complex is a light way to put it. but. Yeah. Yeah, it was really stressing me out, and I really took. I wanted to take ownership of that. We were growing the team a little bit. Um, support response times weren't. He just wasn't happy with them. It, it just was kind of a situation where um, I had. I was. I'm a very strong-willed person. He's a very headstrong person as well. Um, we just. I think our communication just broke down, and like any partnership, it was the the only right thing to do was to part ways uh, because we wanted we wanted to preserve the friendship. Did you again assume Nathan's listening right now? Did you? I mean, how did you exit? Did you just submit a letter and leave? Oh, no, he canned me. Oh, he just fired yeah, they, you. He terminated me. Yeah, at very short notice. So, so did you not? I mean, when you were starting this, by the way, this happens way more than you would ever believe. And no one ever talks yeah. about it. So this is so, so valuable. Um, sure. Did you? I don't know how else to say this. Were you just not sophisticated enough when you joined him to know that you should have a lawyer and kind of look at your rights in the founders agreement and ask for equity and stuff? Yeah, that's uh that's a really humbling question and the reality is that yes, I was um I was very I mean, I'm still naive, but I was quite naive and I just was inexperienced and I didn't know what we were sitting on top of. Like there were several times during my time there where I thought we were just going to fail. Yep. And, um, you know, we were just hemorrhaging customers at one point and it was just like, Adam, the product was buggy and it was hard to even consider that it was ever going to be successful in my mind. But I tend to be a little bit, um, hard on myself and hard on the, hard on the people around me. So, um, I wasn't, maybe I was a little pessimistic, but the truth is I, I walked into it completely unprepared and I kind of, you know, I, I made this thing where I, I kind of just trusted that things were going to work out. And if there's one thing that I would say to young guys jumping into this is that um, everybody's got the best intentions. Nobody's really malicious, but they're always going to kind of look out for themselves. And you have to like be prepared for that. So don't walk in blind to these situations like I did. What was the risk? You must at some point have realized, oh, my gosh, I've been like – all in on this just to the same degree Nathan has, maybe it's appropriate that I sit yeah. down over coffee and ask him for equity. Did you do that? Yeah, we had several conversations. Um, he made an offer that, uh, I'd take over like an official director position. Um, and I think he, he fired me in, in, in February or I'm sorry, April. It's hard. Cause this has been a really busy year, but I think April my equity was supposed to best. Yep. Yep. And, um, I think my equity was supposed to vest and that director position was supposed to vest the next month, like two weeks after that. So, um, it was a very strategic on, move Dan, on his I, part. I have to break that down. So yeah. guys, many, and Dan, correct me if I'm wrong on any of these numbers. Usually yeah. when someone gets issued equity in a startup, there's usually a one year cliff and a four year yeah. vesting schedule. And if right. you are fired right before that year cliff. So if you get fired in month 11, you don't yeah. get any equity, right? So basically a CEO yeah. can use it as a carrot to bring somebody in, but then yeah. 
you have to make your own conclusions about their intent but if they cut you two days before right that's kind of sending an interesting message so yeah two weeks two weeks yeah dan yeah. so it's interesting right why did he why do you feel like he didn't value you when you were the second person there i mean clearly you had a lot to do with the success yeah this is a really difficult question this is a very uncomfortable interview right now but i'm gonna keep talking because i think this is worth uh worth talking about it's um the bottom line is I don't think I valued myself very much, and I didn't I didn't see what I was bringing to the table. I had ideas about it. I I really believed in in the hard work we were putting in. I believed in talking to customers and taking time to understand their needs, um, and I just kept doing the things that I thought were valuable. I really uh, spent a lot of time trying to cultivate the team and uh, empower the team to do what they needed to do because that was to me our biggest resource at ConvertKit was the amazing team we had. So. I chose to spend time on things which uh, I believed were going to add value. Um, I very much felt like a silent co-founder. Um, I didn't know how to approach that with Nathan. I didn't know how to approach it uh, just from a financial perspective and also just from a personal perspective because, it, frankly, it, it never seemed like I was doing enough, and I always felt like I was behind. So it was really hard for me to like step up and be like, you know what, you're, you're doing a lot here. You have some shortcomings, but don't focus on those. And, um, it's, this is another thing about startups. It's really easy to focus on your shortcomings when things are, when things are going well or poorly. Um, you're always going to look for reasons why things are happening or not happening. And if you're, a, if you, if you are an introvert like me and you like to criticize yourself constantly, which a lot of us do, you're going to do that a lot in a startup, unless you're training yourself not to. So that was a combination of all things. I take I take responsibility for my role and just not uh, not being prepared and not understanding how to approach that and kind of just undervaluing myself the whole time. Dan, it was, it was part of my life. Okay, so was there? As you said it's part of your life. Can you look back at your life and try and articulate to me why you believe you always undervalued yourself? Oh, that's a, a oh, wow! Straight to the cut. Um, I, I have a very clear picture of why that happens, and it has to do with how I grew up. It, had to, it has to do with who my dad was, um, and it had to do with just the, the, the power struggle that existed in my early childhood, just dealing with uh, never never feeling good enough. And, you know, people talk about these things, and it's kind of a cliche at this point, but those things, those conversations you have with, a, with an authority figure in your life that the, maybe being told that you're not up to snuff for a long time, that really does sink in. And it not only does it sink in, but it actually shapes how you look at the world. So it that's what ha, that's what that's what it is for me. It's uh it's growing up and having a person in my life for the first 17 years of my life that uh, nothing I ever did was ever good enough. It could never be good enough. Um, nothing, no amount of success that I could bring to myself uh, was ever going to be up to some invisible standard. And I learned to kind of project that invisible standard into the world and hold myself to it. Uh, it's a tragic thing that a lot of men do. Um, this was your father. Lot, this was my father. Yes. Yeah. And a lot of men do this to their sons for some reason and it sucks, but, uh, yeah, that's what it is for me. It was, how old are you now, Dan? I am almost 30. I didn't mean to cut you off. You were going to say something. Oh no, please go ahead. You learned from convert kit. What lesson did you take into many chat when you were negotiating that first employee agreement? Well, um, I didn't say yes right away. That was one <laughs> of the first things. Um, so Mike, Mike really, really pursued me, uh, which was a really interesting thing. Uh, it was the first time in my career where I was like actively pursued by a by a by an employer of any kind. Um, so that was really really interesting. I approached it more from the standpoint that I was uh, that I had leverage. Um, 
he really valued the time that I'd put in at ConvertKit. He was really impressed with the the growth that we had been able to achieve there. And he believed in me. And um, I think that him approaching it that way and being optimistic with me and, you know, that really kind of helped me to get out of my own head and say, okay, how do I approach this from a, like a position of strength instead of just like, oh shit, I need this job. Um, and I think that that's what ended up happening is I approached it more from a, what am I going to be adding to this and how can I build in a comp structure that's going to be commensurate with what I'm bringing to the table? I now know in my heart that I can do these things and I, I, I have a track record behind me that shows that I can do these things. So I just, I came into it stronger because I just, I felt in my heart that I had more leverage mm-hmm. on this one. That makes um, sense. It makes perfect sense. What? Uh, how big is the team now? Um, I think we're up. I think we're over fifteen. Okay. <laughs> I think. What uh, number were you? We just hired maybe. Um, I, I think maybe fifth or sixth. Okay. Yeah. So did you? I mean, yes or no? Did you get equity? Um, no, that's still in negotiation. Got it. Okay. And so, how many months ago, relative to when we're recording this, which is uh, what is April for May first? Yeah. When did you join the company? I think at the end of November, December. Okay, so six months in, year. you're still negotiating equity. Yeah, that's great. Yep. Um, yeah, I, I, guys, this is a first off. This is a fantastic interview, Dan. Uh, we'll wrap up here in a oh, second. Blessed. Yeah, but I do want to. I want to pull some things out for a second because, um, being uh being like a CEO who starts a company, there is nothing more valuable to me than when somebody like you comes to me and throws themselves at the problem without asking for equity, with the mentality yeah. of "Hey, I just want to prove myself," right? Uh, yeah. Like get in there. There's nothing more valuable to me than that. Now. You know, um, what I tend to do is when people do that and they overperform, I then immediately figure out how to keep them, which means usually a big comp structure, right? Because they, yeah. they came in, they proved themselves. And usually people that really know what they're capable of, they prefer to come in and prove themselves. So they really, the CEO can say, damn, I can't live without this person and get a big yeah. comp structure. So that's the inverse of kind of what you went through that's the other direction it could go so mm-hmm. what i would share guys with with everyone listening in it's your own balance you know uh, you know a, a successful phrase people have used on me where they've started working for free and then negotiated equity is to say something like it limited right i'm gonna nathan i'm gonna come in for you for three months and i'm gonna run your support and do this and here's what I expect. At the end of three months, we're going to have another conversation. And if you're happy with my work, we have to have a conversation then about comp structure. Mm-hmm. That way you like set up the conversation. Would you generally, Dan, agree with that advice? Um, I think that's a wonderful way to approach it. Time boxing things and putting expectations around things is never going to hurt. Guys, I get asked all the time, Nathan, you host all these interviews, hundreds of them per month. How do you do them efficiently? And guys, the answer is simple. People always agree to my calendar, back-to-back meetings. I batch my interviews to stay very efficient. And the way that I do it is I use a tool called Acuity Scheduling at nathanlatka.com forward slash schedule. And the reason I use them is very simple. They keep my no-show rate very low because they send out reminders about when the interview or the meeting is coming up. And also, they make it very easy to schedule time, right? I don't have to go back and forth via email 10,000 times with people I'm trying to meet with. Okay, at nathanlatka.com forward slash schedule. Helps me so much. And by the way, look, I like have so many meetings. I'm the best at meetings, okay? I do them back-to-back very, very efficient. You guys know me. Many people say I'm the most efficient they've ever seen. Okay, so I use the tool. It's so efficient. And by the way, I got Gavin. I said, Gavin, he's the CEO. I said, I want a great deal for my people. He said, Nathan, well, most people get a 14-day trial. Isn't that great? I said, no. 
He's giving us a 45-day free trial at NathanLatka.com forward slash schedule. That's not going to stay up forever, so go get it now. NathanLatka.com forward slash schedule. Yep. There you guys have it. Dan, let's wrap up here. Softer tone. Thank you for being so vulnerable with the famous of five. Course. Yep. Number one. What's your favorite business book? Oh, man. I, this is really embarrassing, but I actually don't read a lot of business books. Any book. <laughs> I read about black holes on the internet. What's your, um, what book are you reading right now? I'm not reading any books. No I book. read Futurism okay. magazine online. Futurism okay, is a go. really cool thing. <laughs> um, I also browse a lot of imager when I'm not working at ManyChat. <laughs> Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying right now? Um, man, um, you know, I love Des Trainer. I think he's a really fascinating person. I love what Intercom has done to uh, evangelize jobs to be done. I think it's fascinating. Uh, Des, you're, you rock, dude. Number three, uh, is there a, a favorite online tool you have, like Acuity Scheduling, and besides ManyChat? Ooh, that's interesting. Uh, Calendly saved my life. So uh, I love Calendly. It's an amazing tool for kind of uh, helping take control of your time. How did it save your life? Well, I am pathologically like late to everything. <laughs> and I also just have a hard time. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm actually an artist kind of. And I think I tend to look at the world in globs and, and it's not very structured. So I had to force structure into my life. Um, otherwise I just overcommit to everything. Calendly yeah. just says, okay, Dan's available now. Dan's available now. He's not available now. And the calendar rules my life. So I don't, I don't have to say no anymore because I hate saying no. So the calendar gets to say no and I get to say yes when I can actually show up. How many hours of sleep do you get every night? Um, I try to get seven hours of sleep. I'm a chronically depressed person and, uh, it's just part of my health routine. Gotta get, gotta get sleep. Why do you say you're chronically depressed? Because I actually am. Yeah, I've been suffering with depression, uh, like severe depression for most of my adult life. So it's a, it's a real thing. Yep. Yep. And I yeah. would love to have a whole other conversation about that. Maybe we'll do a second episode in a couple months. But uh, sure. what's your current? You said you're 30 years old, right? Almost 30. Yeah. And, and single, married? Do you have kids? Um, no kids. Um, and uh, I have a beautiful woman in my life, and she's uh, amazing. I feel like really lucky to have this person kind of like ridiculous that she would hang out with me so much. Do you want to propose so, on the yeah. podcast? No, nothing <laughs> like that. <laughs> All right, Dan, wrap us up your last question. Take us back 10 years. What do you wish your 20 year old self knew? Oh man, that's a really good one. I wish that my 20 year old self would have known that he didn't have to try so hard. Um, that he was pretty, pretty awesome. And that he probably just should have gone to school for music or gone and studied entomology like he wanted to. Uh, just chill out, man. Um, you don't have to rescue everybody. You don't have to prove anything to anybody. Just chill. Go there, have fun. There you guys have it from Dan. You are good enough. Just chill. Have fun. He was critical to the success of ConvertKit. We obviously learned a lesson going through the experience there. Now recruited heavily by Dan, by uh, ManyChat uh, founder. ManyChat has raised over a million dollars, really playing in the marketing automation space specific to uh, Facebook bots and Facebook Messenger specifically. Uh, have, have over 40,000 bots using the platform. About 80% of their users have less than 2,000 subscribers, but they're really taking off. Team of 15, again, founded about a year and a half ago. Dan, thank you for taking us to the top. Thank you. If you enjoyed Dan today, go back and listen to Sam yesterday. He took his sales training tool, it's like an info product gamified, from 600 grand in one year to 1.2 million in revenue the next year. So how can you double your sales in one year? 
Go listen to yesterday's episode to find out. It would mean the world to me if you guys got any value from this episode, if you would go leave a review on iTunes right now and then subscribe. You know, I hustle like heck to get these episodes out every freaking day for you guys. And trust me, I love it. I would do it with no listeners, but boy, oh boy, it makes my day and it makes my team's day when we see great reviews and get your feedback. So thanks so much. Okay, Top Tribe, I love giving away free money. I feel like Oprah giving away cars and I have something special for you today. How many of you have heard our super sharp guests talk about success they've had with Facebook and Google ads? Well, all of you listening right now, yes, if you're listening, you get $100 in free AdWords. Here's how you get it, okay? Again, thanks for listening. Get the free $100 from Google, right, when you sign up with my website host provider, HostGator. Go sign up now to get your free money, hostgator.com forward slash Nathan. Again, that's hostgator.com forward slash Nathan.